Hi everyone and thank you for joining me here today as we go on a tour and also an interview with the CEO of IX Africa, Sneha Shah. As you can see, we are on location capturing what is today the newest and the most advanced data center in this part of the world. IX Africa is a $50 million investment that basically is bringing the best and world-class data center capabilities to Kenya and the East African region. Karibuni sana. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome to yet another edition of the Pure Digital Passion Podcast with me, Moses Kemibaro. We're here at an amazingly high-tech data center called IX Africa, and this is the latest in a series of data centers that have been launching and opening up in this capital city of Nairobi. And what's interesting is that running this particular data center and business is Neha Shah, somebody I've known for a good number of years and a good friend, and he's going to tell us all the nuances, the ins and outs, and what makes this Kenya's and East Africa's finest and most advanced data center in the region. Karibu sana. Thank you, Moses. And it's uh, good to see you in a business setting. I know we, we meet each other while running yes. uh, and follow each other, uh, taking pictures of uh, sunsets yeah, exactly. <laughs> on, on social media. So, so yeah, so now you recently transitioned to joining IX Africa. I think just before this, you were at Moringa. Um, I've known you, I think, for the better part of 10 years in various roles. But maybe you can just give us a little historical context of the journey to get to here in terms of joining IX Africa, the inspiration, but also maybe a little bit of a backstory around who you are and what it is that you've been doing. Sure, sure. Um, I, I would say like uh, serendipity or, or luck has played a, a big part uh, for you know bringing me to where I am. Yes. Uh, but uh, you know, rolling all the way back. Um, I, I come from uh, the Rift Valley uh, mm -hmm. in, in Eldoret. LD. Uh, that's, that's where I schooled and I was uh, brought up. Okay. Uh, so that's where I got the running in my blood. Yes, fantastic. Uh, but when I was a teenager, my family moved to the UK. Oh, okay. Uh, so I did my schooling and uh, university there. Okay. Um, I qualified as an electrical engineer from uh -huh. uh, Imperial College in London. Wow. Uh, but I always had uh, business in my blood. So as soon as I qualified, I went on to PwC. Uh, oh, you did to, a stint to, in the consultancy yeah, to become a chartered accountant okay and, wow. and audit and in those days um, my biggest client was uh, a company called orange okay. uh, which is actually a startup uh, in the in the uk back in the day huh? uh, they're the guys who invented uh, prepaid um, you know ca calling um, okay and, and you know, all, all the charging mechanism around there um, so i did uh, some work in business planning strategy with with orange um, in uk and europe Okay. Um, and then 15 years ago in 2008, uh, when they bought uh, Telcom Kenya, uh, I got posted here uh, to be head of the finance uh, division, uh, turning around the parastatal, launching a new GSM network. Uh, and then I got into innovation uh, by launching Orange Money okay. uh, in partnership with uh, Equity Bank. Fantastic. Um, and you know, 13 years ago in those days, uh, this was before fintech became a big thing. Correct. Uh, you know, we had built banking functionality on onto mobile phones. Correct. So it was quite you know ahead of its time, and that's what now become the MVNO, which we know as uh, Equitel. Correct. So, Correct. So that's sort of inspired me to work a lot more in in tech and innovation, um, and after having a career of about 15 years in corporate, uh, I decided to to quit my corporate life. Um, and IX Africa today uh, is my fourth startup that I'm working really? on. Really? Wow. Um, the first one being quite similar, 
but in, in, in telecoms infrastructure, okay. uh, where I was CFO for a company called Eaton Towers. Okay, uh, I remember, I know we, them, yes. We, we bought portfolios of towers from the mobile operators like Airtel, Orange, Worried, uh, Vodafone, etc. Uh, on sale and leaseback deals, okay, um, and then we sold that company uh, to American Tower back in 2018. Uh, okay, okay, that, that's when I exited. Okay, um, and then I had a stint in uh, renewable energy. Okay, uh, so I was running uh, a Pago solar company called Azuri. Uh, which I remember we, that which as we well. Scaled up to having powered about uh, 300,000 homes uh, in wow. like five countries in Africa, and just during COVID, we merged the operations with another. A Canadian competitor called uh, Solar Panda. Okay. Um, and that's when uh, the founder of uh, Moringa had uh, moved on, uh, Audrey Cheng. Uh, she'd moved back to the US uh, okay. to actually uh, be, have become the business development head of uh, Discord. Um, and they were looking for somebody to, to really scale that uh, tech institution. Correct, uh, correct. So, apart from my, my sort of tech and financial skills, uh, what I've learned in the past decade is you know, how, to, how to scale companies. Um, and uh, and that, that's why I was brought on to IX Africa as well. Uh, so Moringa had a you know great stint uh, working in in tech uh, education side, um, uh, providing an alternative education model. You know using sort of boot camps, uh, training software developers, data scientists, and then placing them uh, into jobs doing things like cloud training. Uh, Moringa also runs the Safaricom Digital Academy. Oh, fantastic. Um, that has been so far one of the most satisfying gratifying uh, uh, thing. career stints um, yes. in, in my career. Um, and I, I'm still very much involved as a shareholder and, and also on the board. I actually chair our tech advisory board uh, where we have a, a good mix of, uh, sort of uh, you know, tech veterans to, to guide the strategy for, for Moringa. Correct. Uh, but I joined uh, IX Africa. I was brought in by, by Helios, um, okay. who I'd also worked with uh, previously in my, my, my telecoms uh, career. Okay. Uh, and they were looking for somebody to come and scale the, the data center business uh, uh, in, in Kenya. So here I am. Great. Yeah. So I have a question, and I think this is more of a macro question, because my sense is that, especially after I attended ITW Africa, the first one a few months ago, you and I met there. I think that's when you had just transitioned into IX Africa. But what was very clear to me is that there seems to be this mushrooming of data centers across the region. And in particular, we know that IX Africa is one of the most ambitious and one of the most capable ones in the market. Why now? Why here? What's, what's driving this transformation on the ground? So, so you know, Moses, it's, it's all about timing, right? Um, again, just to sort of look at my career, uh, is the, the decade of the 2000s was all about mobile telephony. Correct. And like, you know, for Africa, how mobile telephony leapfrogged uh, the need for landlines. Correct, right? correct. Um, the, the last decade has been all about uh, mobile money, fintech, um, and also sort of uh, telco infrastructure where you saw all, all the MNOs uh, outsourcing, for example, the, the towers doing like uh, big deals. Uh, and I was fortunate enough to have seen, you know, that, that, that whole transition. Um, and uh, when it comes to data centers, um, uh, as you must be aware, like um, you know, in, in the US, Europe, Asia, um, there, there's been a, a massive explosion of, of growth of data centers as you know, the whole world is uh, digitalizing. Uh, of course, also helped by uh, what we saw during COVID. Correct. Uh, all, all the remote working, um, you know, everything moving to the cloud. Correct. Um, so you know, we've been sort of beneficiaries of that. Um, and, uh, you know, I think uh, Kenya, we were, we were at the tip of the iceberg. 
Um, there have been, you know, other smaller data centers who have been sort of homegrown. They've, they've you know, um, uh, grown quite gradually. Correct. Uh, but we're coming in with a big uh, step change. And our vision, our strategy is to bring the hyperscalers here. Uh, so the AWS is the Google, the okay. Microsoft, to, to bring the cloud uh, locally uh, in, in, in Kenya and, and in, this, in this region. And, uh, you know, we have the conviction, uh, it's not about um, uh, if, but, you know, when they come. So that's what really we are gearing up for. Maybe you can just give us a quick definition of what a hyperscaler is, because that's a term that I actually learned uh, during the ITW event. Right, yeah, and, and it's also you know, a, a new term that, that, that's uh, come into my dictionary. Uh, but, but hyperscaler is basically uh, uh, where uh, the companies, the big techs, so like um, AWS, um, you know, Microsoft with Azure, Google with Google Cloud, uh, we've got uh, Oracle, Etc. That um, uh, you know, they, they're the guys who are basically running the, the cloud infrastructure, and you know, cloud is not uh, up there in the sky. It, it's somewhere uh, you know on, on the ground. Yes. Um, and you know, they build uh, big uh, capacity, big data centers. Um, uh, you know, where where they, they and the way they measure um, uh, the hyperscaler business is in terms of the the number of megawatts of power. Uh, that, that these data centers are consuming. Correct. Um, and, and data centers are actually the, the largest consumers of, of power and, and growing. So if you look at today globally, uh, I understand data centers are, are consuming something like 5% of the, of the total power consumption wow. in the world. And they're projected in the next 10 years to be consuming as much as between 20 to 30%. So you can imagine wow. the, the, the growth that's going to be there. Um, so yeah, that, that's really what uh, hyperscalers are. And you know, today when uh, banks or enterprises or even you know us personally, when we put uh, our data on the cloud, uh, you know, it's currently probably sitting somewhere uh, in in the Western world or, or somewhere in Asia. Uh, and because of uh, data sovereignty requirements, uh, because of need for lower latency, mm -hmm. uh, as applications get more sophisticated, and, and not to mention you know the, the advent of AI and, and how that is also growing exponentially there's absolutely a need uh, to now have the, the cloud uh, infrastructure based here locally uh, so that uh, if you're a, a bank or enterprise or even a personal customer, Correct. Uh, you can be then uh, putting your, uh, your, your computer or your storage uh, with, with these hyperscalers uh, based here locally. Okay, so maybe let's move away from hyperscalers and just look at the local market scenario because I think, as you know, I worked in the ISP space for many years. Right. You know, people like Africa Online and Formnet, companies that no longer exist. Um, but my interpretation, especially when I visited one other data center, was the modern data center is something completely different in Kenya or East Africa to what we knew 10 or 15 years ago. Can you tell us some of the nuances and the unique aspects of your particular data center? Because if I'm not wrong, and what I saw on your website, you know, you've deployed an investment of, I think, about $50 million. Mm -hmm. And more importantly, um, what does that mean in terms of what makes this unique and special amongst all the data centers that are coming into the market and those, of course, that have been in the market already? Sure, sure. And, and I, I think, um, you know, we were joking, like, um, in the old days, uh, you know, you used to share a fan yes. with the servers, right? In a data right? center, correct. <laughs> with an in air conditioner, regular uh, conventional air conditioner. Center, but, uh, what, what, yeah. what was called like server rooms, right? Yeah, correct. Um, but but that, that trend is changing and changing very fast, uh, you know, especially post-COVID. Um, so, you know, uh, banks, other, other enterprises, you know, they used to run like on-premises, um, uh, their, their own server rooms. 
Yes. Uh, and you know they had the headache of uh, managing the the, the the powering of those servers. Correct. Uh, the uptime, the, the the cooling, which is also you know, very important. Uh, Correct. To, to make sure that the servers are um, operating at uh, sort of most efficient um, sort of um, conditions. Um, and uh, you know there's been a trend of uh, moving some of those servers onto the cloud. Um, and uh, you know on the cloud, uh, there, there are of course advantages, right? Because um, then you're with, with one of the hyperscalers, you, you get all the other layers of uh, service, including uh, security, etc. But, but you know, there's downsides as well. I mean, one is you, you don't know where your data is. And again, with the data protection regulations, there's a need to have that data source, Correct. especially when it comes to your sensitive data. Uh, and then, you know, latency as well, right? Uh, the again, speed at which, uh, speed. yeah. And then thirdly, which is something that's uh, coming out quite recently, uh, obviously with our Forex decline, uh, and you know, when you're on some of these cloud platforms, uh, you're being charged on a per user basis uh, in, in US dollars. So that's beginning to hurt a lot, a lot of uh, CIOs and CFOs. So we're actually seeing now reverse migration uh, you know, from the cloud uh, to, to now um, you know, working with local established data centers like, like ours. Um, so yeah, we, we're, we're seeing that, that trend happening and, and you know, we've, we've built the infrastructure. Um, and we're in, in active negotiations to bring these, uh, you know, uh, wholesale clients or hyperscalers in. But you know, those have long lead times. But because you know, we, we've been live since sixth uh, of October. Yeah. So we are we're here, ready to also host, um, you know, the, the local enterprises who can really benefit from a very very high level of um, of SLAs. Uh, we are a very future proof for data center, um, and you know, we can we can give uh, attractive uh, commercials. Uh, to, to help our um, local clients to also come on board. Let's talk about sustainability, all right? This is something that I think uh, the common phrase now is ESG, environment, sustainability, and governance. We know that going green has become a major topic of concern. You know, the climate conference the other day was in Egypt. Yes. Um, and I know that this is top of mind for the CFO, for the CIO, for the CEO, uh, and all the different facets of leadership in organizations to ensure that their partners and those who they're using their infrastructure or propositions align to those standards. So when we think about IX Africa and what it is that you have here, what can you tell us about the initiatives or the steps you've taken to ensure that you're a sustainable business? So sustainability is actually you know, very key for us. Um, you know, let, let's start with our investor Helios. Uh, who is a, a very ESG compliant uh, private equity investor. They're, they're the largest uh, private equity fund uh, in Africa. Wow. And uh, you know, they're putting the equity, uh, but we're also working closely with them to also attract uh, debt funding okay. uh, from DFIs, etc., who are also very, very you know, uh, ESG conscious. Um, and, and actually Helios have a whole uh, ESG department that we work with um, to make sure that we have the right um, uh, ESG reporting that's, that's done, uh, right from our sort of um, uh, measuring our carbon emissions, okay. looking at how we're mitigating them, uh, to other ESG aspects in terms of you know, being an equal opportunity employer, to have the right um, you know, work conditions and training for our, our employees and our contractors. So, so that's something that we're, we're very compliant. And also we have a whole motto of keeping it local uh, yeah. You know, this this office that you see, uh, as you can see, we're in a very sort of traditional African feel. Yes, uh, we've uh, sourced a locally manufactured material. We kept it as natural as possible, and then we also use local fundies, uh, local contractors to to do all the installation. So that, that's something that we're also you know very very conscious about, 
Um, you'll also see when you do the tour, uh, some of our switch gear, um, which is from um, a leading local manufacturer, yes. who's actually right next door. Um, actually manufactured, and, and manufactured here. here. So very wow. high-end, you know, engineered um, switch gear that, that we're using. So again, we're all about, you know, keeping it local. Um, and then the, the other aspect is on the, on the sort of the, the, the power, right? Um, and I think this is something that's actually um, come to the foray quite recently. You know, before Kenya was known, obviously, for our wildlife, our natural resources, uh, for, uh, you know, our, our smart talent and, and, you know, fintech, mobile money. That, that, that's why, uh, you know, people came to Kenya. Um, and in fact, um, I was honored to be on the visit with the president uh, to the Silicon Valley uh, a couple of I months remember ago. remember that, yes. Uh, and that was just after the, the Africa Climate Summit. Correct. Um, and uh, what, what many people were really shocked and, and surprised to hear um, is that 92% of our power generation is all from renewable energy, from geothermal, hydro and wind. Uh, Kenya is the eighth largest producer of uh, geothermal energy globally after Scandinavia and Iceland. Um, so I think we're really well positioned geographically. Uh, and in fact, um, uh, you know, we, we have a project with uh, the uh, Jack Gare, who works for the Global CTO office. Correct, uh, I know Jack. Google, yeah, yeah. Um, and we're trying to see how we can position uh, Kenya to be a destination uh, to host not only data centers for our local needs, but also for, for global needs, because you know we have clean power, uh, and it's also quite. I mean, you know, we, we can all shout about the, the cost of power, but actually, if you look at uh, globally, it's actually quite attractive. You know, if somebody is running a data center in Frankfurt, which is another big des destination for data centers, 90% of the power generation is using fossil fuel. Wow. You know, they're charging something like 55 cents per kilowatt hour. Whereas in Kenya, you can get uh, you know as low as twenty cents per kilowatt wow. hour. Wow! So I think we can be also globally competitive. That is interesting. So what you're telling me is that all factors held constant, Kenya could become a data center destination for global organizations that decide that not only do they want to work with a sustainable partner, but the economy is actually more practical here versus there. Absolutely. Is that what you're telling me? Absolutely. I mean, and you can you know you can look at all the different factors. So there's there's power. Yes. There is availability of smart, skilled talent. Exactly. Um, uh, at, at, a, at a low cost. And, and that's something like, again, with my Moringa school hat. Correct, I, I correct. We, we, we're, we're the ones who are training the future cloud practitioners. The data scientists, et yeah. Um, and then also we have um, all the submarine cables landing here. Correct. Right? Uh, we already have, uh, I think, uh, more than half a dozen. Yes. We've got the big ones coming in. So we've got uh, Two Africa, which is coming from Meta, Facebook. Correct. We've got the One Africa, which is Google is part of it, and these are going to multiply the, the available bandwidth and capacity by you know multiple times. Wow! So even the cost of bandwidth will, will go down, which will enable doing cost of business, uh, doing do, putting things on cloud, the connectivity that will all become uh, you know much much cheaper. So I think we, we have all the right um, factors here. Uh, where we need help is to make sure that uh, you know government also plays ball. Yes. Uh, that we're giving the right uh, right incentives for you know foreign investors, foreign companies to come and uh, invest and, and work in this part of the world. Okay, I have a couple of more questions for you, Snap, before we go on the tour. One is there's this skepticism, and I'm talking also as an entrepreneur, where in my business, for instance, for over two decades, we've hosted all our websites and infrastructure in North America. Um, for fear of quality of service here locally. Um, number two is this question around what I tend to think of the IT manager's role locally or the CIO manager's role 
whereas there's a tendency to try and keep things on premise and not have it sitting out in a place like yours. And of course, I've seen some of the infrastructure already and it's all world class. So to those two questions, what would you say, um, you know, both the tendency to try and keep things in-house and then the second thing is this idea that many of your potential customers have a confidence issue around can this actually be done in Kenya? Mm -hmm. How would we kind of change that perspective? Sure. I mean, let, let's start with the quality of service, right? Yeah. Um, what, what you've seen or you'll see here is actually world class, right? We will build this to a spec. Uh, which again, what uh, you know, hyperscalers are used to, whether they're in Virginia or in Dublin or in Frankfurt. Correct. So that's that's the kind of quality of data center that that we've built. Uh, we've, we're getting all the right uh, certifications in terms of um, physical security, PCI DSS, uh, IT security with with ISO 27001. Yes. Uh, we have um, what we call five nine level of uh, of uh, sort of uptime, so 99.9999 mm -hmm. uh, percent. Um, and you know we've got all the redundancy here. That's the way we've, we've designed this too. Um, you know uh, we, we're, we're pulling in uh, two eleven thousand kilowatt uh, uh, power lines from from different sources uh, uh, into the uh, into the data center. Um, and then we have what we call n plus one redundancy, Correct. Uh, where we have actually our distributed our power uh, into actually um, eight times. So it's, it's called uh, eight four six. Okay. Uh, redundancy. So at any one point in time, we have two units, whether they are transformers or, or batteries or UPSs, uh, you know, which are sort of redundant. So if ever one goes down, then, then you know the, the others can, can switch can, over. Can, can switch over. Um, and and so so that that first of all gives uh, you know all the confidence uh, to uh, clients who are running very sort of sensitive, critical applications here. Uh, one of the largest providers of uh, mobile money. Uh, who I might, might, not, might not name, but you know their their CTO has been uh, to our space and and was amazed. And actually, so you know we we are um, kitted and and set up to actually host you know that kind of critical uh, infrastructure. Um, when it comes to you know this uh, philosophy uh, or mentality of you know CIOs keeping it uh, all in, I think that that's changed or changing very fast. So number okay. one is you know when people were running their own infrastructure, they didn't have uh, DR, so so disaster recovery. Correct. Correct. So the first trend that you've seen is uh, a client might uh, keep still their their on-prem, but then use data centers like ours to to do their their, their disaster recovery. Correct. And in fact, now there's there's this concept of actually not having primary and secondary sites, but actually you know mirrored sites and and having load balancing and and that's also uh, you know uh, much more uh, reliable and and you know efficient as well um, so that's where again you know data centers like ours come in but i think there is a lot of um, uh, education to be done correct uh, to all the cios um, that that you know we we have a very viable alternative here because when you add the the, the cost of space the cost of equipment the cost of uh, power cooling um, manpower um, and then you do that business case, then you know we can give straight uh, savings uh, to, to the CFOs and uh, CIOs of, of these companies, and of course, the the the, the peace of mind and, and the reliability that that you know, we can offer. Let's talk about future proofing, and I'm talking specifically about the inevitable conversation, which is AI. All right. Now you're a brand new data center. You've come onto the market, um, but now the thing that's coming in at scale is AP, uh, the AI models, you know, the GPUs, people like NVIDIA, we're already seeing and hearing cases of things happening in South Africa and so forth. Um, are you equipped for that new paradigm that is basically seemingly the next big thing? Yeah, um, and I would, uh, you know, comfortably <coughs> say that uh, 
we are the future-proof uh, AI-ready um, uh, data center campus here. Uh, you know, we, ha we have a five-acre site uh, where we're building uh, 22 and a half megawatts. Uh, oh, this is the Tigoni location, actually. No, this, this is this one. This in one here. Okay. 22 and a half megawatts, uh, of which the first phase, which is uh, four and a half megawatts, uh, you know, that is uh, live. Um, and what you've seen is that four and a half megawatts is split into two holes, uh, one okay. of um, 1.5 megawatts, another one of uh, three megawatts. And already, uh, this our first phase makes us the, the largest um, data center in the region, not, not only in terms of uh, size, but also in terms of ability to host the GPUs. So if you look at an average rack size, um, you know, they, they would consume power between anything between three to 10 kilowatts uh, per rack. Um, the, the NVIDIA chips uh, and the GPUs that they use, you know, they can go uh, 50 kilowatts and above. So this data center here uh, is ready to host you know, those kind of um, you know, NVIDIA uh, GPUs and uh, those kind of servers. So we're absolutely future ready. Um, and again, you know, for AI, uh, as the LLM uh, you know, uh, processing power is, is required, that will also need to be localized and, and you know, we are ready for that. Okay, two last questions. One is, what would you give as your parting shot to potential customers or people who should use your facility here on the ground? And then at the same time, what do you think um, the situation looks like in terms of, broadly speaking, the next two to five years when it comes to data centers in this region? Sure. So um, my parting shot uh, to you know, potential clients is that uh, you know, we, this, this project has been in the works uh, for at least the last five years. Okay. Um, we were fortunate to get uh, you know, a, a strong investor like Helios in um, uh, end of last year. Um, and now uh, we're, we're ready, uh, we're live with our first uh, four and a half uh, megawatts. Um, we have all the fiber interconnectivity here, so we, we're totally carrier neutral data center. We have a high level of uh, SLAs uh, and, and also we're the first people to bring in uh, the London Internet Exchange uh, links okay. um, into our space. Okay. So any client coming in, uh, you know, they will get access uh, to, to that uh, links uh, network as well. Um, and we've got some incentives that um, you know, we can also give uh, our clients that they'll, they'll benefit uh, from, from coming in here. Correct. Uh, in terms of what the next two to five years uh, looks, um, you know, we, we are very optimistic uh, about uh, the, the rate of growth here. Um, and uh, that's why we're already uh, in an uh, exclusive option to acquire 11 acres of land um, in Limuru, uh, which is about 30 kilometers from here. It is already um, three to four degrees uh, cooler than Nairobi. Um, it's got all the right uh, fiber connectivity, but more importantly, um, in a place like Tilisi, which is the, the new industrial park, um, they've got the right uh, power, uh, clean power um, and reliable power available there. Um, so we've already designed um, you know, that site um, and in fact uh, on 11 acres um, we can fit um, uh, almost double, uh, in fact more than double what, what we have here at about 53 megawatts uh, and that will be also fully AI ready. Um, so those are some of our immediate plans uh, in Kenya uh, but also with Helios um, we have a, a Pan-Africa strategy um, and uh, we've also acquired a, a small data center in Morocco. Okay. Uh, it's called MDC, Morocco Data Center, uh, which we also use to then do more greenfield uh, sites in, uh, in a place in, in North So we're really looking well. at a Pan-African footprint Absolutely. over time. Yes. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Neha. It's been a pleasure. Right now, I'm super excited to go in and see what this infrastructure looks like, what this data center looks like. 
with the kind of investment that you put in. And I'm hoping that for our audience, we'll be able to give them a taste of why they need to look at IX Africa as one of the places that they can host their solutions. Thank you, Moses. And Asante we welcome Sana. you to walk into the future with IX Africa. Thank you so much. Thank you.